Welcome into the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. We are sitting here in the aftermath of, you know, what typically I think sometimes we we view as maybe uh, college football season part two, given how many Ohio State players are in the NFL. In this case, not so many, but still, you know, one very notable one and, and one inactive one. Uh, we're talking about the Super Bowl a little bit. And, you know, the Super Bowl, here's, here's my whole deal. And this is what I want to start this conversation with because you know i don't like giving professional football a ton of space on this podcast because i don't particularly love the nfl and and maybe that's because i'm a Bengals fan right maybe that's my own damn fault but i just think that college football is a superior product to the nfl and yet it's hard for me to deny the appeal of the pageantry and all the insanity that is built up around the super bowl so what I mean, and, and how do you feel about this? How do you feel about maybe college football playing second fiddle to the NFL? And do you think it's justified even in times like the Super Bowl and when things like that can kind of pop up? Yeah, so I'm I'm hundred percent all in on the college football is better than the NFL train of thought. Uh, college football has always been my first love of of the professional sports, or I guess maybe I should say of the the top tier sports in this country. And so I, I use this story to kind of explain how I feel about it. So when I was growing up, those were the years of Boomer Size and Icky Woods, you know, as the big stars in Cincinnati. And and I grew up closer to Cincinnati than to Cleveland by far. And so should have dead to rights be a Bengals fan. And in fact, little brother's a season ticket holder. Mom, I don't think misses a game um, on TV. Mom, God forbid, even watches the Reds on television now that she's retired, which I'm not Fantastic. sure. How yeah. Yeah. It's not my tempo, but, but so when I married the stunning Mrs. Vance, there were more Buckeyes playing for Dick LeBeau in Pittsburgh than there were on the Bengals and Browns rosters combined. So, you know, I married a Steelers fan from birth and it was a whole lot you know, easier to jump on that bandwagon because Ohio State had always been my team, right? That was the right. team that I, you know, NFL is fine. I, I'll, yeah, if you want to take me to a Bengals game, I'll go. I'll have a good time. Like, I want my friends who are Browns fans to, you know, someday down the line maybe have joy in their lives. So that, that that's, <laughs> you know, I want good well, things That's not going to people. happen, Andy. So well, it doesn't, you know, I appreciate what I, the thought. Yeah, you know, so so I was able to jump on board the steel, you know, don't at me, um, listener who I love, you know, but I was able to jump on with her fandom of the NFL because it just didn't matter that much to me otherwise. Sure. And I wanted to root for Ohio State players on that roster, uh, like, like you know, Cameron Hayward and Ryan Shazier as great examples. And I love Dick LeBeau. So, yeah, I this Super Bowl, um, my rooting interest in this game was was more or less on one hand. I work in agriculture, and a lot of the people in my social circle uh, are Kansas City fans. So I wanted good things for them. Andy Reid seems like a great guy. Yeah, you know, it'd be good to see him win one. On the other hand, uh, hey, Boza goes out there and does it. You love watching that 49ers defense, and and you want to see can defense really win championships? And so either way, there was there was a storyline I could find interesting, uh, but I wasn't jacked up about this game. See, that's the, that's the thing for me. I, I struggle to understand. I mean, I look, for the Super Bowl, I totally get it. it the, the insanity surrounding it, the hype around it, there's something for everybody, even people who don't really give a crap about football in a Super Bowl, right? Like, you've got a halftime show that can appeal to a bunch of different people. You've got commercials that, for whatever reason, people get super invested in. Um, I just don't understand, in general, 
why the NFL has such I mean, I guess I understand why people enjoy watching the professional league. I'm not saying that, but I don't understand yeah. why people have such allegiance to certain teams in the NFL, if that makes yeah. sense. And again, maybe that's a product of where I'm from and the teams that I, I follow, but I just, I don't understand as an Ohioan, right? If you're somebody from Ohio and you grow up in Ohio and you like football, I have never been able to wrap my head around the idea that somebody would be like, yeah, I love the Buckeyes, but I really care about the Browns or the Bengals. Like, why? <laughs> what What? What in the history of any time period has there ever been a reason to be more emotionally invested in what the Browns or Bengals are doing than Ohio State? They, they have given you nothing. They have given you nothing. And there are some people who are just like unbelievably invested in that. And look, I'm not trying to throw shade right on the uh, the factory of sad cast at all and and those denians denzians I'm, I'm not trying i'm not trying to say that their efforts are futile and and worthless but what i am saying is that i just i simply don't understand it because to me it's just it's weird and again i love the super bowl i'm not saying that that wasn't you know a really interesting fun game towards the end and there's a lot for people to enjoy but just at a basic level i've never really understood why college football plays second fiddle to the nfl because for me there's so much more to like about college football, the ridiculousness, the insanity, the variety of offenses and defenses, the personalities, the teams themselves, just like the history and the lore behind them. The, you know, just everything about college football just screams originality and fun. And the NFL just kind of tamps down on that. And I don't understand why someone would appreciate that more. I, I, I've never really gotten it. I think, you know, I wonder a lot of times, I think about my, the, I mentioned, you know, having friends who are Kansas City fans. And I wonder, you know, if we grew up closer to a franchise like that, where you didn't have, you know, the lodestone of an Ohio State pulling you away from NFL sure. fandom, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, well, people I know who are Kansas City fans are maybe their K-State fans on the college level maybe they're jayhawk fans ha 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 maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're mizzou fans you know i'm just thinking of of the rooting interest there so you know does any one of those schools have the same like pull on your heartstrings i don't know I, you know i didn't grow up in those areas but i i wonder if ours you know is it such is being an ohio state fan and, and growing up with that you know such a pull that that you i don't know it's just a really interesting question no, that's a fair point. If you're in Kansas City, right, like your your rooting interests in terms of college football are slim pickings, right? Like you're you're really you're gonna have to stretch yourself a little bit, I think, to get consistent enjoyment out of college football. So that and that we sense, can, we totally can go to San Francisco too, though. I mean, so okay, are you an Oregon fan? Are you uh like are right. you a UCLA? I mean, UCLA, you know, uh, USC. I, so I just I wonder how unique is it that we grow up in this place. Now you're you're an Alabama fan. Who's your NFL rooting interest then? If you're okay, do you go? So there, you can kind of flip the script the other way, right? Yeah, it's just it's just interesting to me. And I will say that you know you do see Ohio State players in the NFL, and that definitely gives you you know it pulls at the heartstrings a little bit. You want to see them succeed. You want to see them get rings. Obviously, that's something that's you know some really important and fun to watch. And you want to you know especially when they're nationally recognized. It's one thing to watch an Ohio State player and know they're really good. But then they fly under the radar a little bit, and you're like, all right, this dude needs a little bit more publicity. It's kind of BS that people are underestimating him nationally. And then they go to the NFL, and if they prove themselves and they turn out to be a great player, then, every, then it makes your program look better. You enjoy that. You yeah. like that. 
Um, and I got to tell you something. I, I was thinking about this because obviously Nick Bosa was playing in the Super Bowl, and I thought he played really well. He didn't have like gaudy stats or anything like that, and didn't get twenty sacks or anything crazy. But he played really well and was getting a ton of pressure on, on Mahomes throughout pretty much most of the game. Um, but I all time Andy and I again we follow college football obviously more closely than the NFL. But all time, who do you enjoy the most? out of Ohio state being in the NFL, who's somebody where you were like, I love, I don't necessarily love the NFL, but I love the fact that that dude's in it and he's kicking ass. Yeah. So I, I've got a, I got a stand for Nick Boza for a minute. You, you mentioned his play. So I like this. Uh, this was a stat from uh, pro football focus. Boza had a sack hit or hurry on nearly 31% of his pass rushes in the super bowl. Nobody else on the field got better than 20%. Yeah, so, I mean, wild. he was, yeah, that, that, that to me just, you know, a microcosm of how disruptive he and, and his brother both, how, you know, have been at the highest level of the game for as good as they were um, as collegians, uh, you know, every bit is good. Cause that's the frustrating part to back to your question is how often you've had these players at the college level, not just Ohio state players, but, but at the college level where you're like, yeah, man, this guy's going to be awesome. And then, right. you know, pop, pop, fizz, fizz. And, and they don't, they don't pan out that way. I mean, it's a tale yeah. of gold as time, right? So um, I, I looked this up. I thought this was interesting. Ohio State's had something like 471 players drafted um, over the years and 10, 10 currently enshrined in Canton. You know, so that, nice. I mean, it's, you know, shows you, um, you know, how good or or not, uh, depending on how you want to, how you want to parse that data. Ohio State's players have panned out in the NFL. But for me, so going back to that Steelers fandom I mentioned earlier, um, the the first NFL jersey I ever bought was was Cameron Hayward. We'd gone to Steelers training camp. Uh, it was a, a a present I got for the stunning Mrs. Vance right after we were married. And I thought, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rep one of my guys and I picked up a Hayward jersey. And, you know, he is just, I think, one of the the most likable characters in in the league you know in year in and year out is a candidate for um the man of the year award and they just you know it goes on at length um about the things that he does you know the franchise does a really good job of celebrating what he's done in the community with his foundation ryan chazier was the other guy that i was just really super into because he's just such a dominant dynamic type player at his position and you know again was you know looked like having the time of his life and so now my rooting interest is how far he's come and I love following his Instagram feed and just seeing what he's doing kind of in that, that next phase after what, what looks to be a, you know, kind of a career ending injury. Um, so th- those are two guys I've just really enjoyed watching over the last decade as, as, uh, stars in the NFL universe. Yeah. I got Cam Hayward is a great choice on that. He, he has had an excellent career uh, with the Steelers. And I know a lot of people hate the fact that he's on the Steelers, you know, especially if you're in Ohio, but uh, he's had an incredible career and, and was just so much fun to watch at Ohio state. And yeah. the fact that, and his game, that's the thing. A lot of times you'll have players who, you know, they, they do amazing things in college, but it just for whatever reason doesn't necessarily translate into the NFL. But I always felt that his game, what he was able to do and how versatile he is and just, mm-hmm. you know, how technical he was with his game really translated well in the NFL. And I'm, I'm glad to see that was actually the case because he was definitely a guy when he was at Ohio State where I was like, that that is the dude from this team 
that is going to have a lot of success at the next level just because of his attitude and the way he approached the game. So I, I agree with you. I think I love seeing Cam Hayward. I, you know, when I was a kid, it's interesting because my Ohio State fandom, my Bengals fandom kind of coincided at the same time. Like I really started paying attention to both levels of football, probably when I was like eight or 10 years old. And, you know, this is the mid nineties. And so I would look at guys go into the league and I would, I pay really close attention to the combine a lot closer, frankly, than I do now uh, <laughs> and the draft. Um, but guy like Anton Winfield, for example, right? Like watching his career and watching how people appreciate that guy. And what I love about it is the fact that, you know, he's five foot nine, he's a short dude and clearly was an incredible player at Ohio state, but to see him represent and do amazing things in the NFL, I think three time pro bowler, um, you know, just a guy who just kicked a lot of ass in the NFL for a long time. Um, I, I, he's one of my all-time favorites. I know he's one of Jason's all-time favorites, so I think he's probably his favorite player. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really get to see his career, at least follow his career that much, but I got like Robert Smith. I, I just enjoy because it's not – I think he had a good NFL career that people may not necessarily pay that close attention to. And I'm also giving him credit because he's a Mystery Science Theory 3000 fan. Um, <laughs> I love it. And appeared on the show and has been on our show, has been on the Dubcast a couple times to talk about that particular appearance a couple times, which I appreciate. Friend of the so, program. You know, I, yeah, and I, I just, I like it when you have a player who kind of comes out of nowhere, maybe known to Ohio State players, or Ohio State fans rather, but not known to the national you know, seen at large, and then they come out and have a great career. So Cam Hayward, Cam Hayward, I think was really, really well appreciated by Ohio State fans. Yeah. I don't know that too many people nationally were like, yeah, this guy's going to be a great interior lineman in the NFL. And obviously that's what he's turned out to be. And here's, I just here's I love a, that a lot. You know, you, you've got me thinking now when you talk about you kind of that, maybe that underappreciated or, or you didn't see him coming on the national level. There, there's a guy that has been on the periphery of this conversation in my mind as I was looking up kind of preparing for this segment I think maybe one of the most underrated uh alumni in the Ohio State football universe and and that's Dick LeBeau yeah uh, and I, I I wonder if it's a product of how long ago it was he played you know he played for Woody Hayes in what Woody's first you know handful of seasons he was on I think Woody's first or second national championship team so we're talking about playing at Ohio State in the 50s right so a long long time sure. ago Hall of Famer, so one of the 10 Buckeyes who are enshrined in Canton. But in 14 seasons with the Lions, he recorded 62 interceptions, 762 return yards, and made three consecutive Pro Bowls. And, and moreover, you know, maybe one of the greatest defensive minds all time as, as a coach um, in the NFL. I, just, I look at that guy and say, why don't we talk about him more as, as a letterman and that's a great question, serious contributor. Uh, on Ohio State's teams under Woody Hayes, and in a you know pretty important part of Woody's tenure, I, I don't know what that is. Why we don't talk about him more, uh, you know, pride of London, Ohio, and and the whole nine yards. But there's a guy I think uh, is super underrated as an Ohio State kind of living legend at this stage. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. He, I mean, he did not do so, super hot in uh, Cincinnati, and maybe some people. And, and is that is that people. it? Do you think? Is I don't that think. So. No, I don't think that's it because. Frankly, a lot of people in Cincinnati couldn't care less about Ohio State, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, and, point, and I don't think point. that should be a knock against him anyway, because the the management and the ownership of the Bengals is so toxic. It, like it's frankly, it's kind of a minor miracle that um, you know, Marvin Lewis is able to accomplish as much as he did. 
at, at, at Cincinnati. So I, you know, I do not think that is part of it. And I don't think that should be held against him. I don't know what it is. I, I agree with you. I, it, maybe it's just because of his age and how long ago he formed those connections at Ohio state as a player, but you're right. Like he, he is a revolutionary defensive mind. Um, obviously a great player in his own right. And I, yeah, I mean, he should be up there with the pantheon of, of really great Ohio state alums. I chuckled so, as I was reading his, uh, biography on the hall of fame website. I think this is so funny because it goes, the, the Cleveland will do Cleveland things. Tendencies go back to the, the, the 1959 draft. So apparently, um, and I, I didn't realize this till I read this, uh, his hall of fame bio, you know, so he was drafted in the fifth round by the Cleveland Browns, but the right. team cut him during rookie training camp. And then, of course, signs with the Detroit and plays, you know, from 1959 to 1971. Oh I mean, he played his, you know, basically his entire career in Detroit. And like I say, he was a three-time Pro Bowler. So it, to me, it's just hilarious that uh, Cleveland yeah. cuts him and he goes and does the deal up the road, you just- know. <laughs> <laughs> they can't they can't stop themselves they, they just really can't it's just endemic it's it's a part of their it's part of their organization it's just who they are um and obviously here i mean there are other guys too like you look at orlando pace who again is oh, yeah. hard to hard to point out plays and things get super excited but he had a stellar amazing career one of the best linemen ever Absolutely. Um, at both levels not just in college but in the nfl too one of the, one of the best offensive linemen of all time um you know, Malcolm Jenkins, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Jenkins and his career and what he's been able to do. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, a guy who at Ohio State, I mean, it's interesting. That This is the other thing that's interesting to me is, is how you look at uh, players at Ohio State and then the NFL will reevaluate and decide that they're maybe better suited for something else. And so yeah. Jenkins was, you know, Jenkins was kind of all over the place a little bit in terms of where they thought he could play. He was at Nickelback and, and played some corner at Ohio State and then they kind of moved him to safety, um, you know, with the the Saints and the Eagles. And obviously he's had a great career with that. But yeah, it, it's just you, you get an opportunity sometimes to reframe yourself as a player when you're moving from college to the NFL. And I, I guess as an Ohio state fan, I don't want that to happen <laughs> because yeah. I want, you know, I want those players to be able to prove that they could do that thing that they did at Ohio state just at a better level and just kick everyone's ass, which is why I enjoy watching the Boses just tear crap up and why I love watching Cam Hayward do his thing. Um, but it's still really cool. The fact that a guy like Jenkins has had the career that he's had, which is pretty, yeah. pretty tight. So, you know, I, it's an interesting thing to watch. I enjoy the Super Bowl just on the merits of it of itself, but when you add that little the little spice, little dollop of Ohio State, it always makes it a little bit better. And that is the most time we will devote to the NFL <laughs> for a while. Uh, we're obviously going to get into it when we start talking about the combine and the draft. That's that's going to blow up here in a little bit, and I'm sure that's all anybody's going to want to talk about on you know, talk radio and whatnot within a few weeks, but we do have some positive news. This is breaking right here. Like I, I just got the, the, uh, the paper from my assistant. He just ran in here um, and, and notified me that Ohio state men's basketball won a conference game. And this might, this, is this going to turn things around? I mean, we, we were going to talk a little about DJ Carton here in a second, but how do you feel about that win against Indiana? I just marvel at, you know, what home court advantage can do for a team, you know, right. to see the the fortune swing from Bloomington to Columbus. It's you know, Ohio, Ohio State needed that win. I mean, there's yeah. no no ifs, ands, or buts about it because it goes back. And I think that's the first game really you've seen them shoot 
nearly as well as they did. I won't say they shot as well as they were in the, you know, the non-conference portion of the schedule where they were kicking ass and taking names, but you know, this was a win that they very badly needed. Um, and you know, offensive output from including Northwestern and, and, uh, the Indiana game, uh, you know, getting back into a place where, Hey, you're, you're starting to see these 60 and 70 point games in the set of, instead of some of those 50 point slug fests that they were churning out in January when they were losing to West Virginia and Wisconsin and Maryland. Right. So the, I yeah. mean, this is, this is what you need to see the the problem we were having for that big stretch. You know, I like the, I don't remember who it was. I wish I could attribute this quote because I thought it was great, but they were shooting so poorly, you know, they couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a tennis racket. And it's like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's gold, Jerry, but now they, they turned it on. I was, I was super happy for, for the team because they, they needed that. And that's really important, especially going into, you know, this stretch where again, you're running into Michigan, Wisconsin, um, you know, back to back in a pretty short period of time. And those are two teams that, you know, you, you've got to win, uh, you know, Michigan's having its own problems. So you got to win that one, uh, yeah. for pride, if nothing else. And and then you're back to Wisconsin that, uh, you know, you pretty well took care of business the last time out. Yeah. They, it's going to be, I mean, this is going to be a defining moment. I really think for the team as a whole, I mean, they controlled that Indiana game basically from yeah, the jump. They did. And, that's that's not what we've seen. Even in wins that Ohio State has had in the past like month and a half or so, right, where they've struggled to get those wins, the, those wins that they have gotten have not always been easy. And they've had to have these back and forth games, and you know they've lost some games that they should have won because they just could not hold on to leads. In this case, they controlled it pretty much the entire game, and it, it never felt like Indiana was going to get back into it and make it like scary for Ohio State. One thing that they obviously did that to me is something that people will harp on all day, but it's true, is the turnovers. They, yeah. they somehow figured out a way to get the stick them on their hands and not turn the ball over 20 times in a game. They, they had 10 turnovers. They they beat Indiana in that respect. Um, that That is key if they want to make any kind of noise in March. And right now I think like Bracketology had them somewhere around 8 or 9 seed, depending on who you look at. Um, you want to improve that you've got to hold on to the basketball and not commit stupid turnovers like they had been doing. And they just, they didn't force a whole lot. They really just kind of let the game come to them a little bit. They got better bench scoring. There was still some things where you look at a guy like, you know, Washington, for example, right? Like you want to see a guy take his shots, but you also want to see him go better than one for nine from the field. But on the other hand, you got Justin Aarons who's out there and, and scoring, you know, 10 plus on four for six shooting. So it's like, you, you know, as long as you can get some kind of supplementary scoring off the bench, which is something that really helped them at the beginning of the season, you are going to be able to be a much more dangerous team, even if you have some other guys who are not shooting very well. But overall, the starters did a really good job in terms of their shot selection and, and their shooting overall. Um, a Caleb, I think, had a really good game. And I don't know, this was just top to bottom. This was the kind of Ohio State team that you want to see going into february in my much, opinion much better ball movement it. yeah but yeah. much better ball movement too is the other thing which i think you know one kind of begets the other so they were right. they were moving the ball well and much better on the offensive boards than than they were and you know a whole lot better than indiana was on the offensive glass too so that 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 is a nice nice change like you say coming into the stretch you got to do that. the other thing i liked about that indiana game i'd um i was i was rereading Collins recap um since it's been a couple of days 
and uh, Jerry Lucas in the stands for that game. I had been hoping, you know, when they played at Indiana, there was the rumor that maybe the general was going to show up um, right. and, you know, ultimately didn't happen. Um, but, you know, seeing Jerry Lucas, I, he's one of those dudes I think is super cool talking about Ohio State players from yesteryear. Um, right. Just, you know, winning. Basically the LeBron James of his time. I mean, people don't know this, and, and I only really know this because I'm from Middletown, but his – his recruitment and and the hype surrounding him when he was a high school player at Middletown High School was insane, absolutely bonkers. Thousands of people coming out to see his games. He like I agree with you. He people don't talk about him enough in the same way they don't talk about Dick LeBeau enough. That dude was legendary in his time. And what, do I have this right? Is he the you know would it be the first player? I don't. See, it sticks in my head that maybe he was the first. I'd have to go back and find this arcane piece of trivia. But to win an NCAA title, a gold medal, and an NBA title? Is that... I don't know if he's the first, but he's definitely, like, if not the only, maybe one of the very, very few to do that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he, he had just a, a legendary career. Even if he wasn't the first, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's yeah, pretty I don't great, know who else right? would be, frankly. You gotta, you gotta run, run the trifecta there. That's right. not half bad. Right. And as you said, uh, Ohio State's got Michigan coming up here, and that's, you know, that's actually going to be... So this... That's tomorrow as of this recording. So what's going to happen is, is we're going to put this thing out here at around 2.50 in the afternoon on Tuesday, and they're going to play Michigan just a few hours later uh, at 7 o'clock Eastern. And that's to me, that's another one of these games. They have to get that game. I, I really think the way Michigan's been playing, they're vulnerable. Ohio State's got some things together. They need to be able to prove that this is what the team's going to look like going forward and that Indiana wasn't just a fluke. Yeah, um, su- I mean it's super important too. I mean, granted, you know you're you're in the bottom three, four, five of the standings, so it's you know it's right. not you know all right, we're not talking about the fight for for one seeds in the conference tournament here, but you know you're you're tied with Michigan in terms of your conference record. Um, you're fourteen and seven. They're thirteen and eight overall. You're basically one game back from Indiana um, and Minnesota and Purdue all you know, crunched up at five and six. So, you know, you win a couple of these games coming down the stretch, you could significantly improve your position, particularly because you're playing some of those teams, right? You're playing Wisconsin, you're playing Michigan, you've just played Indiana. So, I mean, these, these are super important games. Still got a couple of tough ones on the schedule, um, you know, going to, um, um, going to Wisconsin, like say, and then you're at Iowa, I believe here in a couple of weeks, you know, there, there are a few really tough. I think we get Maryland at home in late February, uh, of course, I still look at that last one at Michigan State and think, man, alive! Yeah. What a what a what a what a tough draw to end the season. Uh, I mean, the, the whole conference. Aside, look, you can really throw out basically two teams, right? You know, Nebraska, Northwestern, not good teams. But honestly, like they, <laughs> as we know, like those teams can still you know pose a threat to Ohio yeah. State. I think. So, it, well, I mean, Ohio State's still number 12 in Ken Palm, right? I mean, like, this is right. We, we went through this period where we're like, oh, geez, Ohio State's suddenly terrible. They're a bubble team. It's all devil, but they're in the best conference by far. Yeah, they really uh, are. It, you know, that, yeah. And, and if you have weaknesses on your squad, you will get exposed. So they, right. they have right. to, they have to get the wins where they can get them. And I really think it's Michigan that that's, that's definitely an opportunity for him. So hopefully they pull it off. Now, as far as DJ Carton goes, I mean, all the best to that guy. It, it is a really, first of all, I think it's a brave thing to do to admit that you're struggling with mental issues, particularly yes. in big time college sports. And for him to do that, 
and and say that you know he's got to take some time off and get his head straight and do what he needs to do i i applaud him for that i think that's awesome i love that kevin love reached out to him somebody who's struggled with similar issues mm-hmm. um and you know basketball I, I, <laughs> this is going to be a dumb analogy especially since i don't play either sport but i really do think that when you're struggling with your shots like struggling with your golf swing and it's it's it it's not necessarily a result of mechanics or things like that. Maybe you have other things going on that you're just it's a difficult technical thing to do. And if you've got a lot of things going on in your life, it's hard to accomplish those things. So yeah. um I just like I said, I wish all the best for that guy. And I I'm I'm proud of him for coming out and saying that that's what he needs to get done because you know not everybody's willing to admit that. And I wish more people were. So you know, and I what I had the chance um Earlier this week, I went to a chamber of commerce type breakfast and the speaker is a motivational type speaker. And he's talking about, you know, basically affirmations and, and how we think and, and the words we use. And, and some of it's, you know, really kind of interesting stuff like uh, uh, using words like can't and won't and, and so on in our thinking. And if you're taking those words out, how that changes the way you think and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the importance of you know, every day kind of affirming um, the positive things, right. You know, having a positive outlook and the body chemistry that comes from smiling and all these kind of things. And it was, and it really got me thinking, you know, the times in my life where I've let the negative things happening in my world, like accumulate and you, and you start thinking, Oh, this situation is really bad and I'm really stressed and I'm really frustrated and how it accumulates. And, and that someone as young as this young student athlete, would have the presence of mind to say, wait a minute, I, I've got, I've got a challenge here that I need to step away from, you know, something that's going to potentially lead to a lucrative professional career for him. Right. You know, to have the, the foresight, the presence of mind and the big, big brass balls <laughs> to come out and say, I need to step away and here's why. I mean, I yeah. just have all the respect in the world, a for, for him, for, you know, everything I just said, be for coach Holtman for being so open. I, th- I feel like Chris Holtman and Ryan day, both are breaking new ground as coaches for being so open about the importance of mental health. Um, oh yeah. Especially know, with I, the honor sleeves campaign that Ryan day is doing. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I'm glad they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. And then again, you know, having DJ Carton's mom come out so publicly and, and support, you know, I mean, it just, it really, I think it's all about modeling doing the right things, you know, as much as we don't want to think that professional athletes or college athletes or whatnot are role models. I mean, maybe more so than ever with the social media world, somebody like DJ Carton is front and center for that next generation, not just of players, but you know, the high school students, the college students, you know, the younger, I mean, kids, God forbid my daughter's age and so on that they they're watching what those people are doing and saying, hey, wait, you know, maybe it's okay for me too to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm having some trouble here. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's, it's just, it's key that he was able to do that, and I just appreciate the hell out of it. So, best of luck to him, and you know, whatever he needs to do to to get back on the court, you know, however long that takes, you know, more power to him, and I just hope he's happy and healthy and taking care of what he needs to take care of. Um, so that's that's the basic stuff, but we really got to get into the meat and potatoes here of the 11 dubcast and before we do that i do want to remind you that the uh 11 dubcast is brought to you by the dry goods store at 11warriors.com drygoods.11warriors.com and you can find shirts hats stickers and more uh, all kinds of fun stuff on there and of course the the main course the piece de la resistance uh for the 
uh, for the Dubcast is, of course, ask us anything. So we're going to get into that. You can ask us anything by sending us questions to Dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. Let's start with our good friend Alvin. He wants to know, Andy, what is the one concert slash artist you missed that you wish you were at? Oh, my gosh. I, so I actually have have two. Um, okay. And the, the one... You know, it, it is what it is. And the other is like shame on me because I had two shots and I missed them because I'm a cheap bastard. But, okay. but the first the first one was ACDC. Um, oh, I, I mean, I won't claim to be like the biggest ACDC fan in the world, but I paid my way um, for through college and in the early years of adult life um, as, a, as a DJ doing everything from middle school dances to you know frat parties to you know later on it was weddings and weddings and weddings so you play a lot of acdc over the years Absolutely. uh you know you shoot me all night long will never not be a great party song you know it's right. one of those uh, timeless classics and so i was always like you know one of these days i'm going to see acdc in concert because i bet that is an amazing live show and and then you know unfortunately like that's never going to happen now right so <laughs> Um, when, when a major part of the, uh, the, the founding band, um, passes it, you know, it kind of changes things. So I'm really super sad about that. Now at the complete opposite end of the genre spectrum, the okay. other one, and this is kind of shame on me is Elton John. Like, so when Elton John and Billy Joel were touring together, I think was the, what did they call it? The face to face tour. Maybe does that sound right? I, I love, I love a lot of different kinds of music. Again, going back to those years as a DJ, I'm not hating. I just, I, I cannot tell you. If, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was called the face to face tour. I mean, this is probably, tour would be. I think it's like 15 years ago. And okay. so, um, yeah, at the time, um, I was uh, thinking I'm going to go to this concert. It'll be great. And when it came time to actually buy the, buy the tickets, they were extremely expensive and I chickened oh, out. Sure. And I didn't go. And so then I kicked myself for years that, damn it, that was my chance and I didn't go. So then, you know, Elton John comes through Columbus here, what, a year or two, a year, 18 months ago on his, on his ostensibly his farewell tour. And I'm like, that's it. I'm going to go. Well, the stunning Mrs. Vance while she you know enjoys elton john's music isn't necessarily a huge elton john fan so again we looked at the tickets they're obscenely expensive and so we we balked and uh even when he added ticket dates again i'm like i just can't justify going so i'm kind of kicking myself for not doing that um and yes yeah, so acdc and elton john how, how about you johnny you got anything nearly that eclectic to mash together i do actually andy trying to crap on me that i'm gonna tell you something i'm a cultured person all right and i'm, I'm so not cultured. sure i am <laughs> i'm so cultured i'm so cultured that my dumb ass turned down tickets free ticket these are free tickets okay to go see uh placido domingo at ohio state one of the greatest opera singers of all time which i was fully aware of this wasn't something where i was like you know i don't know who it is get out of my face it was, I'll, I'll give you the scenario here. It was my freshman year at Ohio state. I was going to a uh, scholars function, whatever, you know, they got, you know, scholars and honors and all that stuff. So I was in the scholars program. I was going to some scholars program function and I was going with my mentor who was like a junior at the time. And some couple just runs up on us as we're walking to this <laughs> thing and says, Hey, do you two want tickets? We can't use them. Do you want tickets to go see Placido Domingo? Who's play, who's, performing at the shot yeah. and we said nah we'd rather just have finger food at a freaking like stupid function in one of the you know art buildings or something for a half an hour 
and like play tiddlywinks instead of going listening to one of the greatest opera singers of all time. It is one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my entire life. I'm still angry about it. And this is like 15 years ago, 15, 17 years ago. And I, I just, every time I think about it, I just want to murder my past self. I, Oh my God, I'm so mad about it. Um, so that's probably the dumbest. And I will say there were other times where I was like, Oh, well maybe I'll go to this band. And then they, you know, will never come back to Columbus again. Like the hives is a really good example. I'm a big fan of the hives. Um, the Scandinavian, you know, kind of like punk rock type band. Uh, they were in Columbus. Nobody wanted to go with me. I decided not to go stupid. They're never coming back. Um, but that is by far the worst since you mentioned Domingo, I will say this. If you ever have the chance to go see Andrea Bocelli in concert, do that. So okay. I took the stunning Mrs. Vance to see Bocelli. This was kind of, I don't know if this was considered her birthday or Christmas present. Maybe it was Christmas present. Um, he played the shot here, what, two months ago, maybe. Uh, yeah. And I don't speak Italian. I'm not a huge uh, fan of opera in that I've never been to an opera. So I had very low expectations. I'm like, okay, I know like two songs that, that Bocelli did and Miranda really wanted to go. So we're going to go. It was incredible. Absolutely Damn. incredible. Of course, part of the reason we went was because we're huge fans of the Columbus Symphony Orchestra. Again, if you're in central Ohio and you've never been to the orchestra, you should go. It's, it's very accessible. Um, great experience. Even if you're not like a fan of classical music, it's just a really great yeah, I think everybody um, should check that out at least one point. It, yeah, they're, they're, Ohio, Central Ohio is really blessed to have some fantastic local musical talent of of the highest level, really. And so, anyway, they were performing. They were kind of you know the the um, accompaniment to to Bocelli. And even if you know nothing about opera and you don't speak Italian, he's such an incredible talent. Like you've just never been in the presence of that type of greatness. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the audiovisual show and the staging is all you know, fantastic and really well done, but it, it was a great night. Highly, highly recommend that if they, they ever come back around buy those tickets, 10 out of 10 would do again. Yeah. And I will say that the postscript to the Domingo story is that apparently he's like a big creep and a big POS when it comes to like women and stuff. Yeah. So that's what I tell myself. I'm like, you know what? I may have missed that opportunity, but he's also apparently a terrible person. So, you know, that's, I just had the foresight not to endorse a piece of crap. So how about that? Uh, <laughs> that's at least that's what i tell good, myself good, good planning yeah uh that's right several decades in advance yeah good uh this next one's here from jimmy jimmy uh says that he enjoyed my story me meaning johnny uh on big 10 mascots and nicknames personally i think the animated goldie the gopher logo is the best logo in college sports i think it's up there uh do you have a particular favorite logo and also as a NOLA native has the Pelicans as a name improved over time. I actually want to start off with this real quick because for those who didn't read my post and, and frankly, I would not blame you if you didn't, uh, <laughs> I set forth basically three rules that a team needs to abide by when they're trying to create um, their like logo slash nickname slash mascot. And essentially it was this one, uh, try to make sure that like it's something you know that's actually relevant to where you're from you know what i mean like don't if you live out in the middle of alaska uh you're not going to be like the coconuts right you're not going (laughs) to be like the palm tree i mean you could and that would be really goofy and weird and i actually would endorse that a little bit but the point is is that you want to try to come up with a name that has some kind of connection to where you're from second thing is be weird and again I would say that maybe, you know, if you're from Nome, Alaska and you're named the palm trees, that's acceptably weird. I'll actually be okay with that. 
but you want to try to be a little bit goofy, something unique, something that other teams wouldn't necessarily have. The fact that we had two teams named the Tigers playing each other in the national championship is a travesty. Should never wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And considering you're from, you know, Louisiana, there's there's a whole host of things that you could potentially name your college football or college sports teams after. Tigers is pretty, pretty weak sauce. Um, and then the third thing is don't get swept up in memes, right? Don't name your crap based off like some flavor of the moment joke that is passing around the internet that people think are hilarious. And what inspired this was the fact that um, the NHL expansion team in Seattle once apparently seriously thinking about naming their team, the Kraken, which is basically based off a line that Liam Neeson said in a movie. Release from the Kraken. Yeah. Release the Kraken. <laughs> it's on the internet. So let's name our entire freaking team after it. No, you don't, don't do that. No one's going to care in three <laughs> years. And it's just going to get really annoying really fast. The Simpsons, by the way, actually very presciently had this uh, where they said like the B sharps, you know, for Homer's barbershop. Yes. Quartet. Yes. And it's like, let's give them a name that sounds clever at first. And then it's progressively more annoying each time you hear it. <laughs> and that, and you, you want to avoid that. So oh. the idea that you want to have the crack and that's going to get real damn old real fast. I love so the B sharps. They were so great. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Baby uh, the B sharp. No, that's their, their, their one song. Baby yeah, on baby board. on board. That's great. Um, so anyway, my point is, is that I love the Big Ten mascots because they're weird and they're unique and they are also highly specific to the regions that they represent. And I appreciate the hell out of that. I think it's awesome. So the question is, Andy, from Jimmy here, he wants to know, do you have a particular favorite logo? And I would emphasize that I think your favorite logo should meet some of those requirements. This is tough. Uh, I've been thinking about mascots now, you know, since, and I loved your, <laughs> I loved your story that the Kraken thing just, uh, this no, is one no, of the things no. I love about minor league baseball is that they do, they follow your rules pretty well. Mike, yeah, they, they can be, look, minor league baseball teams can do really, really goofy stuff because they're minor league baseball teams. People yeah. understand what they're about, right? There is a minor league baseball team called the isotopes, right? Which is yeah. the Simpsons name for their baseball. Yes. team. That's fine. That's totally fine. Because, because where are the isotopes? They're in Albuquerque, right? So they're, uh -huh. they're near, they're, that's right. They're near where a lot of these nuclear tests took place. So even though it is a pop culture reference, they still have the local cultural flavor taking place. And that's the point. You have to be able to do that. So I don't know. I'm just saying. All right. So holding to uh, the logo question and, and I'm, I'm keeping in mind the Big Ten footprint, I got to give mad props, and I will grant that I am, in addition to being an alumnus of the Ohio State University, I'm also uh, an alumnus of Purdue University, but the Purdue logo with the train, where the train is like coming at you kind of in three-quarter relief, I think is a really nice. Now, I don't know how well this is going to stand up against the, the test of time, but for logos in specific, graphic designers rocked that one out. Now, the overall like mascot question, um, so if we go super literal to the mascot itself, I will stand for USC's traveler yeah, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like I, I like Sparty, you know, like comical Sparty, especially with the Sparty no memes of, uh, of, of, of more recent <laughs> sure. years, like the, the animated gifs of Sparty shaking his head at basketball games and so on. The, uh, I will never not enjoy those, but every time that Centurion or, or I should say that Trojan warrior 
you know, gallops out in the middle of the field and, and throws the, the rudest down into the dirt. Like, I just think that's super cool. So I will geek out about that. Um, it's sufficiently weird. I'm not really sure what the tie is to Southern California. I, I don't know the origin, I guess, now that I think about it, of why USC right. are the Trojans instead that of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might be missing that one pretty good. So I, I failed that rule. Uh, I don't know if it counts as weird, but I'll give it unique. Nobody else does it. And That's true. It's it's hella cool. So yeah, and that and that definitely counts for something. I I got to tell you something though, Jimmy. Look, I think Goldie is low key the best mascot, and maybe all of sports. And and I and I say this as someone who loves live mascots, like Ralphie. You know, the the bison is by far like I, yes, I love that thing. So cool. Yeah, it's kick ass. And obviously you got connections to Colorado and stuff and that's fantastic. But Goldie as far as like anthropomorphic uh, you know, human animal hybrids yeah. go, which I'm generally not on board with, honestly, they freak me out. But that I freaking real deal, love though. Goldie. I love Goldie and I love the fact that it's like a gopher. Like who who the hell else would have a gopher as a mascot for any kind of sports team? I it, we've we we have grown accustomed to some of these teams and these names without really understanding how insanely weird they actually are. Nobody knows what the hell a Hoosier is, except for, you know, a name for somebody from Indiana. Yeah, I got you nothing. Do? No, you no, do? I've always okay, wondered. Like, and I've, I mean, I've looked at stuff before and I'm like, your, your explanations, the, like the official explanations also make no sense. <laughs> That's right. They're gibberish. They, I, exactly. I got nothing. I, I'm sorry. There's, there's no, there is no explanation here that I've ever heard. That was at all like, Oh, okay. I get that now. It was always exactly. like, Oh, all right. Uh, right here, they're, they're convoluted yeah. bs so i i love that and i also love that goldie is just like a, okay gopher by itself is insane let's just make it golden for whatever reason we don't have like it to me i just love that i love the fact that the badgers for example was wisconsin i did some research for the post they're not named because there's a tons of badgers in wisconsin they're named that way because there was a bunch of wisconsin coal miners and iron ore miners who dug into the side of hills to create their you know little like hovels and stuff during the winter while they were trying to mine and they call oh a bunch of badgers there on the on the side of these hills (laughs) i I love that i did not know that yeah it's kick-ass i love that kind of stuff so for me you know that's that's what i'm all about and as far as jimmy's question here as uh the pelicans as a name improved over time i thought it was a great name to begin with i thought it was an awesome name yeah, and no. I was really sad that people didn't initially glom onto it, but I'm glad that they kind of have because yeah. that's that fits my criteria. It's not memory. It's not some like inside joke that people are going to stop caring about in five years. It's local to where you're thinking about, right? Like you've got all these pelicans and sea life and sea birds, you know, surrounding the Gulf of Mexico. And it's weird. Who the hell else is going to name their team the Pelican? So I freaking love that and i'm glad that people are starting to enjoy it because i i thought it was great from the jump okay, same thing another, another example real quick toronto raptors right people are yeah. like toronto raptors like that's weird as hell doesn't make any sense it's because there were like some raptor fossils that were found around that area and it was like that's that's a cool thing that we can be proud of they it's a great name obviously they got a kick-ass logo out of it i still actually have my toronto raptors hat from around like 1994 which is like this gigantic purple and red monstrosity um it's the most insane hat i think anyone will ever buy ever it's amazing um yeah you i love stuff like that so again props to the big 10 and and pat yourself on the back if you're a fan of one of these teams that that enjoys this ludicrous uh naming convention because that's really what we should be striving for i think as sports fans all right three things one 
I did not know that about Toronto. I just always assumed that was like a crass marketing ploy, piggybacking off the success of Jurassic Park, the movie. So I think that was part of it. I think that was part of it. But I will say that if you are, if you're going to pick something to like pop culture reference your way into popularity, you do worse than Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, no, no. I got, I got no hate in my heart for that. Everything you said is absolutely true. I just didn't know that about the fossils. So, all right, props for actually having a a tie um two the uh polar opposite of goldie the golden gopher uh everything you said about goldie also accurate so if you want to do the analog of that the 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 polar opposite whatever you want to you call it um it's whatever they call the nittany lion i mean like the the furry mascot version of that that thing terrifies me and i don't know how small children who grow up rooting for penn state don't go to bed every night screaming after they see that scruffy whatever it is nittany lion on the sidelines of game that thing is flat awful um, yeah i just like somebody's onesie that they would go to you know what i mean like it, it's it's terrible i'm yeah. i mean i feel like like three drunk trollocs could have come up with something better than whatever that is now the third thing so um i was reminded about this i had to search for it but but back uh, in march a year ago um illinois uh, had some fun on their social feeds teasing a new mascot, Alma Otter. And I think we're all worse off that that was just a fun uh, social media prank and not the actual mascot because Alma Otter um, for Illinois, they should have absolutely <laughs> pulled the trigger on that. It would have been, yeah. it would have been fantastic. Agree. And by the way, the other, the other bit of, um, the other bit of information that I enjoy about this as I was going through writing it, it, it I always bring this up because I think it's interesting, but Ohio state's original colors were almost going to be, um, uh, they were going to be uh, orange and, and, and black, which is ludicrous, but yeah. they almost, and they almost did it and they almost pulled the trigger on. And then they found out the Princeton already had it. So yep. yeah, dodge so that bullet. By the way, I think you know what I'm. Try- I'm doing a little impromptu research here, and I'm trying to find any hint of like a fossil actually existing. I think I might have just made that up in my head. Did you just make that up? I mean, I I that did. sounds like something I would do. No, I thought, I, honest to God, Andy, I thought that's. I thought that was part of it, and I think you're right. I think they were really just trying to capitalize on Jurassic Park. I feel a little betrayed. I, that was a piece of information in my brain. <laughs> I trusted and I was wrong about. And I, I don't yeah. think that's actually the facts. So if I find something else, I'll, I'll say like, yeah, I'm smart. And I know what I was talking about. But I think you're right. I think they were really just like Jurassic Park's a cool movie. Let's call them the Raptors, which again, violates not, all rules, but it, it's Jurassic not a Park. bad choice. Not a bad yeah, choice. I give them a pass. I give them a pass. Um, if they were like, you know, the Toronto, like, you know, angry cats or like the Toronto, like, you know, glaring groundhog or whatever the hell that meme was, you know, I, I would be less generous, but I think I'll give them a pass if it's based on Toronto space. grumpy cats. Yeah. yeah. Grumpy cats. That's what I'm trying could've, to could have gone with that. The Toronto grumpy cats. So that, that would be just, just perfect <laughs> for 2020. Uh, isn't that cat dead? I don't even know. Yeah. The cat uh, died. <laughs> uh, he's super grumpy. Um, or she, I think it's a she. Oh, I don't um, anyway, know. <laughs> that's that's the dubcast this week. Thank you for listening. Continue sending in those questions. We love answering them. They're they're fantastic. And you know, next time hopefully we'll be able to break down an epic Ohio State victory against that hated team up north. But until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time.